We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 684 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. It is the day after two former major forces in Washington, D.C. sports had uh, rather mixed nights. Monday night football, a big win <laughs> for the man who I refer to as you know who. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to say his name. Because saying his name triggers people in all kinds of ways. But uh, you know who. And the Minnesota Vikings beat the San Francisco 49ers 22-17. You know who. A former Washington quarterback who still should be Washington's quarterback. He had himself quite the game against that Niners defense. 35-45 for 378 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. And he took no sacks. Meantime. Former Nationals manager and current Houston Astros manager, Dusty Baker. He remains winless in his managerial career in Game 7s. The Astros lost Game 7 of the American League Championship Series, an 11-4 home loss to the Texas Rangers, whose manager Bruce Bochy remains undefeated in his managerial career in Game 7s. Dusty now is 0-4 in Game 7s. Boch now is 3-0 in Game 7s. This ALCS was a classic. The road team won each of the seven games in the series. Just the second time in Major League history that the road team won each of the seven games in a best-of-seven playoff series. The first time, many of you know this, the 2019 World Series, in which the Nats beat the Astros. And Rangers right fielder Adolis Garcia, he ended up having a series for the ages. He was named ALCS MVP. He, in the series, had... 15 runs batted in a major league record for RBI by a player in a postseason series. Garcia in the series hit five home runs. And we have another Game 7 on Tuesday night. Game 7 of the National League Championship Series. The Arizona Diamondbacks at the Philadelphia Phillies Tuesday night at 8.07 as the Diamondbacks won at the Phillies 5-1 on Monday evening. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Well, Both (laughs) you-know-who and Dusty Baker uh, saw their 2017 seasons be those guys' final seasons in D.C. Will the 2023 season prove to be the final season for Rod Rivera, 
as Commander's head coach. Coming up on the show, a lot for you on the Commanders as we on Monday afternoon had the day after the game press conference for Ron off his team falling to 3-4 and four in the 2023 NFL regular season with the 14-7 loss at the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon. Next segment, I will highlight and have some scheduled fun with the theme of the press conference. You know, these Ron Rivera day after the game pressers these last few years have had quite a few themes, as I have chronicled on this podcast. Uh, We on Monday afternoon had an undeniable theme. I shall explain. Uh, I'm going to then get into the sack problem that refuses to go away. Some interesting items regarding the six sacks that quarterback Sam Howell took in the loss at the Giants. And Rod on Monday afternoon discussed the commander's offensive play calling in the game and the team's offensive line play. Uh, And I have some other commander's topics to talk about, including something that is significant but really isn't getting a lot of attention. Edge defender Chase Young is having a really nice season. And of course, that may simply make it easier for the commanders to trade Chase. Uh, A notable report from a friend of this podcast, Commanders Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic, he on Monday reported that the commanders have not had contract extension talks with Chase or fellow edge defender Montez Sweat. Also on the show, I'm going to welcome on Wizards insider Josh Robbins of The Athletic as we will preview the Wizards 2023-2024 regular season, which will begin on Wednesday night. Wizards at the Indiana Pacers Wednesday night at 7. Josh will assess the big Wizards news of the last few days, the contract extension for Denny Avdia, and will break down the tank that the Wizards are embarking on, including the likelihood of Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole being traded this NBA season. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from TJ on what the commander should do regarding the NFL trade deadline and on commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. writes TJ, hello, Al. It is TJ, a New Yorker who now calls Sacramento home. I've been out here since August 1st. I am so disappointed (laughs) in this team. I think that a coaching change needs to happen, and I think that the team at the trade deadline needs to consider moving Montez Sweat and possibly Chase Young. The defensive line has underperformed, and the enemy is not the play caller who I thought he was. I love the podcast, and I am enjoying California life. Take care. Uh, Thank you for that, TJ. Uh, Glad that you are enjoying California. The home state of Ron Rivera, and uh, (laughs) that may be where Ron ends up living full-time sooner rather than later. You know what's so tricky about the commanders being sellers regarding the NFL trade deadline on October 31st at 4 p.m. Eastern is, yes, the team has a lot of significant players set to be unrestricted free agents this coming offseason. And yes, the team this season is not as good as we hoped that the team would be. And so those two things scream that the commanders should be aggressive sellers. And as things stand right now, I want the commanders to be aggressive sellers regarding that NFL trade deadline. What's odd, though, is that that those who would be doing the actual selling are those who certainly appear soon to be fired. So in other words, the people responsible for the team being aggressive sellers would be the people trying to extract as much value as possible via the selling. Uh, There's an odd dynamic in that regard, right? 
I mean, the trading away of these significant unrestricted free agents to be edge defenders, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, safety, Cameron Curl, corner, Kendall Fuller, receiver, Curtis Samuel, running back, Antonio Gibson. First of all, what the trade markets for these guys would be is not clear. But second of all, the commanders extracting as much value as possible for these guys would be very important, of course. A regime that's about to be blown up, (laughs) would you trust that regime to do a great job of generating as much value as possible for these guys? Uh, I guess maybe. But again, that does make for an odd dynamic. Email from Mike Harwell on Eric Bieniemy writes, Mike, I have listened to a number of press conferences with Bieniemy. In reflecting on them, he rarely, if ever, answers with anything meaningful. It seems that he has been taught to talk in platitudes that avoid controversy, but can give the casual listener a sense that he knows what he's doing. Notice that he always sticks to the what and never the how. His most used phrase is, we have to be sure. We have to be sure we communicate on the field. We have to be sure we know the game plan. We have to be sure that we act as a team, not as individuals. The emphasis on sure is his. Anyone listening to him would agree, but no one has a clue as to what actions he plans in order to make those things happen. You frequently speak of Rivera-speak. I think that the enemy speak tops Rivera-speak. There has been a lot of press about how many times the enemy has interviewed for head coaching jobs, but has never gotten a head coaching job. Assuming that he uses the same high-level talk when interviewing, it's no wonder that anyone knowledgeable of football and what the head coach position requires would be turned off by the enemy's generalizations. I was really excited when he was hired. Now, not so much. Thank you. For the email mic. Hey, we have what I call Ronnie's, the language of Ron Rivera. Perhaps we do also have Eric's, the language of Eric Bieniemy. I have talked about how Eric Bieniemy talks at his press conferences. He does speak in generalities and cliches, and while he does give long answers, he often does not say much in those answers. But I would inject two things into the mix here. Uh, a, it's not his job to give great detailed answers at press conferences. It's his job to coach the commander's offense. Plenty of coaches throughout sports, past and present, have regularly given vague and generic answers at press conferences. B, uh, I would not assume that the kind of answers that Eric gives at his press conferences is the kind of answers that he has given in his interviews for head coaching jobs. Now, maybe the answers are similar. I don't want to be dismissive of what Mike suggested, but a lot of people in sports, especially coaches, speak very differently behind the scenes as compared to at press conferences. But bottom line, Eric Bieniemy in the loss at the Giants got badly outcoached by Giants defensive coordinator Don Wink Martindale. Plain and simple. Very disappointing to see that. Uh, Eric, for way too much of the game, had no answer for the pressure that the Giants were bringing, even though everyone on the planet knew that uh, Wink with his fondness for the Blitz would be bringing pressure. And Eric continually had Sam Howell doing traditional dropbacks. I don't get why. But I do get why that if you have a case, you should contact the law firm of Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. Paulson and Nace will fight for you and your family in a way that no other law firm will. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. 
Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. Chris Nace and Matt Nace are dedicated and decorated trial attorneys. Uh, Chris Nace in May was named the 2023 Barry J. Nace Trial Lawyer of the Year. This by the D.C. Trial Lawyers Association. Uh, Chris in July was elected as the parliamentarian of the American Association for Justice. And both Chris and Matt Nace in August were recognized by Best Lawyers in America for 2024. Why the accolades? Well, Paulson and Nace fights for you. Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. This is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial, and that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. So in sports and in life, uh, we have when things officially end and we have when things actually end. You think about something like the Commander's 40-20 loss to the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field on Thursday night football in week five. That game didn't officially end until time expired in the fourth quarter, but the game actually ended long before that. Uh, Ron Rivera's tenure as Washington head coach has not officially ended, but is it in all actuality over? You've heard of a dead man walking. Uh, is Ron fired coach coaching? The commander suffered that loss to the Bears, and then two games later uh, gave us the wonderful gift that was the 14-7 loss at the New York Giants this past Sunday afternoon. The commanders in a regular season in which Ron Rivera, essentially by his own admission, is coaching for his job, uh, are just 3-4 and four overall, including 0-2 in the NFC East and have a point differential of minus 50. And now, now we have the public voicing of displeasure. Interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen, during his postgame session with reporters on Sunday afternoon, sounded off uh, a brief refresher, if you will. I'm fucking tired of this shit. I'm fucking tired of this bullshit. It's been seven fucking years of the same shit. I'm tired of this shit. What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play fucking Philadelphia. All right. That was John Allen on Sunday afternoon. Now, John on Monday morning in his weekly appearance on the Sports Junkies on 106.7, the fan did express support for both Ron Rivera and defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio. But was the uh, cuss fest <laughs> by John on Sunday afternoon a sign that Commanders players, like so many Commanders fans, are fed up? with the lack of success under Ron Rivera. This was Ron during his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon on those post-game comments of John Allen. 
Yeah, there was one player that made a comment that uh, that I'm aware of, and uh, yeah, he's disappointed, and as is everybody else, and and I, I can't dispute it just because he's a very passionate football player that wants to win. I get it. We all want to win. We're all passionate about this game. We want to win, and that's the bottom line. And frustration sometimes gets the gets the best of us, and we've got to be able to handle that as well. Trust me, I get frustrated when I get up in front of you guys and I listen to some of the questions and. You know, I just I want to be I want to be able to say some of the things that I really wish I could, but I can't. And that's what Jonathan felt. So, you know, I can understand that and I can appreciate that. So got nothing but respect for how hard the young man plays and, and what the young man is trying to do. And that's win football games. All right. I actually thought that that was a very good answer by Ron Rivera in addressing a tricky topic. Although, what was Ron getting at when he said, quote, I want to be able to say some of the things that I really wish I could, but I can't, end quote. What are those things? Wouldn't you love to know what those things are? Uh, But yeah, is the Ron Rivera era for Washington now essentially over? His overall regular season record as Washington head coach is 25-31-1. Not good enough. Uh, We on Monday afternoon had this exchange between Scott Abraham, sports anchor for 7 News DC, and Ron with the frustration theme fans are frustrated as well and you know some today are kind of questioning the vision and the plan of this team um over these last four years with this loss from the giants i guess my question is do you understand that perspective from the fans and and secondly what makes you believe things will go differently over these next couple of months compared to some of the results you've had the last four years well i think the biggest thing scott more than anything else I, i think we have found a young quarterback that gives us an opportunity you know, we were in that game yesterday who had every chance to win. And unfortunately, we didn't do it. And I understand our fans' frustration. Hell, I hear it too. Okay, and I respect them. We're trying to play the best football we can and at the same time grow a football team. You know, we're not going to go around cutting a bunch of people, trading for a whole bunch of people, trying to hire a whole bunch of people. We're trying to develop a young football team to be a very good football team for the future. And that's what we're going to continue to work on. We're going to continue to find ways to win football games, and we'll do the best we can. We'll show up. We'll work very hard. We'll do everything we can, and we'll continue to be committed to try and put a good product on the football field and give our fans something to cheer about. But we understand their frustration, believe me, because there's a lot of us that are frustrated here because we're working our butts off. All right. (laughs) So there was a lot to that cut that I just played for you. But how about Ron Rivera playing the card? What stood out to me more than anything from that cut was Ron Rivera playing the card, as in the Sam Howell card. I, on episode 677 of this podcast, talked about the uh, newest addition to what I call Ronnie's, the language of Ron Rivera. We, over these last few years, have become fluent in Ronnie's. And the newest addition to Ronnie's is the playing of the Sam Howell chord. When in doubt, bring up Sam Howell. Sam is a second-year NFL quarterback who, even with all of the sacks that he's taking, is a bright spot for the commanders right now. I would argue that Sam is the team's number one bright spot. He's a popular player. He's a promising player. And so Ron lately is bringing up Sam, mentioning Sam, highlighting Sam, playing the Sam Howell card whenever possible. And Ron did that right there. Now, me saying what I'm saying doesn't mean that Ron was wrong in what he said or that what he said was bad. I like Ron saying, quote, I think we have found a young quarterback that gives us an opportunity, end quote. But let's all understand <laughs> what Ron is doing when he says that. He's appealing 
to the many Commanders fans who are at least somewhat excited by Sam. And Ron also is subtly trying to, shall we say, explain the team being a disappointing three and four. Hey, we have a young quarterback. He's developing. Please be patient. We're working toward something here. And by the way, Ron, in saying that, isn't just talking to you and me. He's talking to his boss. He's talking to the managing partner of the commanders, Josh Harris. The playing of the Sam Howell card continued during Ron's day after the game presser on Monday afternoon. This was Ron on if being three and four, seven games into this regular season feels different than being three and four, seven games into last regular season. And listen to how quickly <laughs> Ron brings up Sam Howell. It does because, you know, again, with the young quarterback, I really think there's, there, 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 there's, there's hope. There's an opportunity. I mean, the young man has given us opportunities to win some of these games that a lot of people I know didn't, didn't felt we couldn't. But at the same time, we've been in a lot of games, you know. We were in the Philadelphia game. We were in uh, yesterday's game at the end. We had a chance to win. We did. You know, and, and who knows, a couple things go our way in those two games, and, and we're, 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 we had a completely different conversation going. But that's not the, you know, that's the truth of the matter. That's not, that's not where we are right now, and I get that. But as long as we have that young quarterback, and he's growing and developing, and, and, and we as a team play consistent, complementary football, you know, we have a chance. We just have to be accountable for what's happened right now and step up, develop, grow, and, and, and recognize our mistakes and correct those things. And that's on me. It starts with me, and I get that. Believe me, I've been doing this for a long time, and I'll continue to do it as best as I can. Boy, Ron Rivera in that answer brought up Sam Howell with like lightning speed. Ron took just two seconds and change to mention, quote, the young quarterback, end quote. It does because, you know, again, with the young quarterback. <laughs> yes, the young quarterback. Man, I wish that the young quarterback was as quick in terms of throwing the ball <laughs> as Ron is at mentioning the young quarterback. It does because, you know, again, with the young quarterback. Yes, Ron, we know, we know, we got it. The playing of the Sam Howell card. Now a full-fledged part of Ronnie's. Although, and this was maybe the best part of all for Monday afternoon, Ron on Monday afternoon stopped short of committing to Sam Howell as the Commanders QB1 for the rest of this season. Take a listen to this back and forth between Commanders insider Ben Standing of The Athletic and Ron. Ron, along the lines of what you're saying about Sam, um, the, the importance of him and how that's a, a big focus, obviously, does that mean you're committed to him, playing him, starting him the rest of the season, barring the unforeseen? Well, I will tell you this. I'm committed to him. Ben, we'll see how things go, Ben. But, you know, I can't predict the future. And the only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to focus in on one game at a time because the truth of the matter is that's the only thing that matters right now, and that's getting ready for Philadelphia. Once I get done with this conversation with all you guys, um, it'll be on to Philadelphia. So, And also to that end, with Sam being a young, developing quarterback and kind of where you guys are in the season, obviously the trade deadline's coming up. Does what happened yesterday or is the fact that you're leaning into Sam – change how you view the the next 10 days or so? No, it doesn't. The only thing I'm focused in on is getting ready for Philadelphia. 
All right, so Ron Rivera not wanting to commit to Sam Howell as the Commander's QB1 for the rest of this season. You know where I stand on that. I want Sam as the Commander's QB1 for the rest of this season. Ron right there, not committing to Sam as the QB1 for the rest of this season. Although that doesn't mean that Sam will not be the Commander's QB1 for the rest of this season. But how about the dynamic in play here, okay? You have Ron not wanting to commit to Sam as the Commander's QB1 for the rest of this season, while at the same time playing the Sam Howell card at every possible opportunity, okay? That was something on Monday afternoon. That was quite the push-pull during this Ron Rivera day after the game press conference. And also, Ron, in that cut that I just played for you, not sounding like someone wanting to engage in a fire sale regarding the NFL trade deadline on October 31st at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's fine. It does Ron no good to engage in a fire sale. Ron needs to win. uh, But for the good of the franchise, for the bigger picture outlook of our team, being aggressive sellers at this NFL trade deadline is the way to go. Unless the commanders come out and just smash the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon, beginning at one, then maybe we'll change our thinking on this season. But right now, uh, this team is not good. This team is going nowhere truly meaningful. And so with all of the unrestricted free agents to be on the commanders and this NFL trade deadline looming, uh, yeah, the commanders need to be very open to being aggressive sellers regarding that deadline. Here was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on if he sees the team's growth as being solely dependent on Sam Howell, or as also being based on other factors, perhaps some requiring changes by Ron. Absolutely. There's, there's a bunch of things that, 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 that need to, 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 to go right for things to be, to be uh, even better. And, and a lot of them have gone right. There's a lot of things that are, or that are in place, but there's a few other things that have to come into place. And those are things that we're working on and we're going to correct and we're going to work on and get better at. But you know, to, to come together and be a good football team, you've got to have a lot of things go right. And we've had several of them, you know, step into place, but we're not there yet. And we're going to continue to work, and hopefully we'll get there very soon. Yeah, hopefully, because uh, we are all waiting. <laughs> but the good news is that you do not have to wait for better deals on home and auto insurance. If you're not happy with what you're paying for home and auto insurance, do yourself a favor, get with BMC insurance. Stop overpaying for home and auto insurance. You deserve better. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance, it offers home insurance, auto insurance, and also small business insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens, of insurance carriers it works with to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. What's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor for your insurance needs. BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. It has team members who actually shop clients' insurance every year when they renew. And BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. You see, when people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Don't get gouged on your home and auto insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. 
talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. And BMC Insurance does offer small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Hey, please consider following this podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of this podcast. Uh, More now on the Commanders, off head coach Rod Rivera's a day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon, off his team's 14-7 loss at the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon. I want to spend some time with you this segment on what is the Commanders' number one offensive problem, the Sam Howell sack problem. Sam in the loss at the Giants was sacked six times, giving him a whopping 40 sacks taken through seven games in this 2023 NFL regular season. He now is on pace to take 97 sacks this regular season. The NFL record for most sacks taken by a quarterback in a regular season, as you surely know by now, is 76 by the Houston Texans' David Carr in 2002. The record is 76. Sam is on pace for 97. One of the things that I talked about on Monday's show, episode 683, was that it felt like a good chunk of the sacks that Sam took in the loss at the Giants were not a result of him being too slow in his decision-making. It felt like the sacks were more the fault of the commander's offensive line. I mean, we all watched the game. Sam, way too often in this game, was blasted by near-immediate pressure. Well, per pro football focus, four of the six sacks of Sam in this game were due to a blocker. And the other two sacks were cleanup sacks caused by early pressure. So not a single sack was charged to Sam. That is significant, although there is a major caveat to all of this. Poor protection calls were a big problem for the commanders in this game. Protection calls can be on a quarterback, also can be on a center. So it is possible that Sam was at fault for a good chunk of the six sacks, just not in the way that we're used to. Uh, I was not a fan of the game that commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy called early in the game. Things were better in the second half, but the commander's first nine offensive drives on Sunday afternoon featured way too much traditional dropback. I am all for throwing the ball a lot, but you don't have to throw the ball via traditional dropbacks. Uh, Moving pockets work just fine, especially when dealing with pressure. And sure enough, we, as the game went on, saw a decent amount of moving pockets uh, via shotgun sprint out throws, and those plays worked well. Uh, However, all of that said, the belief from the commanders, or at least a narrative from the team, is that Eric Biennemi's offensive game plan was not the problem on Sunday afternoon. The execution of that game plan was the problem. Sam Howell did speak to this during his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon, and Rod Rivera spoke to this during his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon. First up, this was Ron on Monday afternoon on how he feels about Eric Bieniemy's play calling. I've been fine with what we've tried to do offensively. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, and look at some of the biggest things, again, it, it really is about the development of this young quarterback. 
Um, there's been a lot of positives that you see coming out of some of the things that 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 Sam has been doing, and you know, as as far as that's concerned, you know, like you see his decision making has been really good in terms of you know where he's you know who he's throwing the ball to. Um, you know, some of the things he can clean up is 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 the type of throws that he's making. You know, whether it, he's he's trying to loft the ball or he needs to put the ball on the line a little bit. We saw a little bit of that yesterday, but but he's been really good at it, and you know, I uh, just really appreciate, appreciate you know his development and growth. Development I, I think that's uh, one of the big important things for us. So that was the first answer that Ron Rivera gave during his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon, and that very much was a uh, tone-setting answer in terms of the biggest theme of the presser, uh, a theme that we talked about last segment. But Ron, in that cut that I just played for you, quote, it really is about the development of this young quarterback, end quote. But also from Ron in that cut that I just played for you was support for Eric Bieniemy's play calling, and we got more of that support. Here was Ron on Monday afternoon on if the commanders in the loss at the Giants made offensive adjustments too late. Well, I think, again, if you go back and look at some of those uh, the series as, as they unfolded, um, I think some of the things were just some of the missed opportunities, some of the things, uh, some of the mistakes we had individually um, that, that could have been, uh, to, to, that could have helped us. It really could have, you know, miss a block or unfortunately, you know, miss a throw or, 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 or catch opportunity. Um, those things are, are, are pretty disruptive and, and they really, um, you know, weren't necessarily something you used to say, in the, oh, we got to make an adjustment for that. Um, now, some of the protection things, those were things that we were working through that I thought our guys handled, especially when we came in at halftime, um, did the things that we needed to do and then got back out there and gave ourselves a chance to win. Yeah, you heard Ron Rivera mention, quote, some of the protection things, those are things that we're working through, end quote. Like I said, poor protection calls were a problem for the commanders on Sunday afternoon. Whether those were on Sam Howell or center Nick Gates, we don't know. Here's what we do know. Sacks are killing The commander's offense, Sam Howell for this regular season, has taken not just an NFL worst 40 sacks, but also an NFL worst 267 yards lost on sacks. The commanders this regular season have lost 267 yards of offense on sacks. That is brutal. Sam for this regular season through games on Sunday was 16th out of 32 qualified NFL quarterbacks in ESPN's version of total expected points added, which does not include sack EPA. So without the sacks, Sam has been a very respectable quarterback, 16th out of 32 qualified NFL quarterbacks. But with the sacks, Sam has been a bad quarterback. ESPN's total QBR factors in sacks. Sam for this regular season through games on Sunday was just a 25th out of 32 qualified NFL quarterbacks in total QBR. Uh, But the sacks are not all about Sam. They also are about the offensive line, which, oh, by the way, in the loss at the Giants committed seven penalties, six of which were accepted. Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on if the commander's offensive line is good enough right now. Well, I think that's that's a work in progress. And those are things that, you know, we are working to correct and we'll continue to do that. Um, you know, again, being able to, to plug and play is, you know, we, we changed the system. 
you know, we went from a, from from one style of offense to another style, and there's growing pains. There really are, you know. Trust me, and and you know, it's one of the things that you went. I went back and looked at, and you know, that was what uh, first year starters had to deal with as quarterbacks, and and it's interesting, and, and that's something that, you know, if, if you go back and you look at what history tells you, um, you know, it does tell you things gets better. Yeah, you know, I wish that Ron Rivera, when he brings up something like he just brought up actually had the info in front of him and could be more specific. Because let me tell you what that almost certainly was. That almost certainly was intel from Commander's Analytics, or maybe just from Pro Football Focus. But that was not based on research (laughs) that Ron himself did. I'm almost certain of that. You know, Ron will quote analytics, the analytics, as he calls them. uh, And he will quote things like PFF, but he almost never quotes the stats or the research in a clear, impactful manner. You can tell when he quotes the stats slash research that he doesn't have, uh, shall we say, great command of the research. And yes, I did just say command. Uh, But Ron's messaging would be a lot better if he had the stats slash research in front of him when he made these points, because they may well be good points, but they come across as weak and not impactful in the way that Ron communicates them. But more to the point, Ron talked about the growing pains of a new offense. Uh, Okay, but this is Ron's fourth season as Washington head coach. Ain't nobody got the appetite to hear about growing pains, even if they are real. Uh, This was Ron on Monday afternoon on why the commander's offensive line play in the loss at the Giants was better in the second half. Well, one of the things that you saw really was, was some really good communication that was going on in the second half. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, th- I think as, as you go through and, and the game progresses, you know, you, you, you start to understand and feel even more so, um, you know, what they're trying to do. Uh, you know, always trying to game plan and get yourself ready for each week is, 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 is takes a little bit. But as, you know... It, it's interesting because there were a couple of things that you wish would have happened early in those first few uh, drives because c- it, it would have changed some things, and unfortunately it didn't happen. Yeah, well, why didn't those things, whatever they are, happen during those early drives? That is the question. What took so long? You know, the commanders this regular season now have been outscored in the first halves of games 111 61. 111.61, a point differential of minus 50. That is not good. Uh, Very good is underdog fantasy. The no stress, no hassle, fun way to play fantasy sports. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it is offering a limited time enhanced special offer to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $500 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code Galdi, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, Galdi. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy offers pick'em games by which you can win up to 20 times on your money in one day and offers pick'em insurance, which gives you a little wiggle room if you're not as confident in an entry. Uh, And when it comes to season-long fantasy, Underdog Fantasy offers a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be very time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the uh, time consumption but keeps the fun and 
and the potential to win money. Take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GOLDIE. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GOLDIE. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. I have some uh, commander's odds and ends that I want to get into with you right now off the uh, 14-7 loss at the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon. This probably is of little solace uh, with the commanders having lost for their last five games, but Chase Young is having a good season. He is playing his best football since his 2020 rookie season. Chase, from a standpoint of pressuring quarterbacks, has been one of the best edge defenders in the NFL this regular season. Chase, in the loss at the Giants, had two sacks, notched a third tackle for loss, and drew a penalty. He, for the game, was the highest graded commander's player for pro football focus. Overall grade of 90. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, The second snap of the second quarter on a third and goal at the 5. Chase drew a 10-yard holding penalty on left tackle Justin Pugh. Now, head coach Rod Rivera did accept the penalty as opposed to declining the penalty. And the very next snap uh, was a touchdown as opposed to a field goal attempt, potentially anyway. Uh, But that's not the point, okay? Forget about the strategery of Rod Rivera right there. Chase drew that penalty. Later in the second quarter on a first and 10 for the Giants at the Commanders 45, Chase ran through offset eye play action and came in unblocked for a sack of Tyrod Taylor for a 13-yard loss. Even later in the second quarter, the second snap after the first half, two-minute warning on a third and seven for the Giants at the Commanders 47. Chase ran right by Justin Pugh for a sack of Tyrod Taylor for a nine-yard loss. And in the fourth quarter on a second and four for the Giants at their 30, Chase tackled Tyrod Taylor on a shotgun quarterback draw run for a one-yard loss. Chase Young, for this regular season, has five sacks. And keep in mind, that's over six games, not seven games. Chase for the 2016 win over the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field at Week 1 was inactive due to a neck injury that he suffered in the Commander's preseason opener. The uh, 17-15 win at the Cleveland Browns on August 11th. Boy, does that game feel like a long time ago now. Uh, And yet, that was only a little more than uh, two months ago. But going into this season, what the Commanders would have in Chase Young was a big-time question mark. Uh, Well, he is playing very well. I know that there has been a good bit of talk about whether Chase is freelancing and even why he's often in a two-point stance. But the freelancing thing has been overblown. And I don't care if Chase is lining up while doing the splits, okay? I will gladly take five sacks in six games and the very good pressure numbers that Chase is putting up. Look, if the commanders are going to trade Chase, and I think that they absolutely should be making calls to gauge his trade value, that trade value has only gone up since the start 
of this season. Uh, while we're talking commander's defense, some notable playing time developments from the loss at the Giants. The benching of corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr. did end, uh, although not by much. He played on 7% of the commander's defensive snaps, a total of just five snaps. Uh, we had the exact same playing time, by the way, for defensive back Juan Martin. So each of the commander's top two picks in the 2023 NFL draft played on five defensive snaps in this game. Uh, Four commanders defensive backs each played on 100% of the team's defensive snaps in the game. Corners Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller and safeties Cameron Curl and Percy Butler. A commanders defensive player who had been playing on 100% of the team's defensive snaps, linebacker Cody Barton. He on Sunday afternoon played on just 12% of the commanders defensive snaps as he in the first quarter suffered an ankle injury. What the team fears is a high ankle sprain. Ron Rivera during his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon said that Barton and left guard Sadiq Charles were to undergo MRI exams. Sadiq on Sunday afternoon played on just 68% of the commander's offensive snaps. Uh, Due to his uh, problematic calf, the Sadiq Charles calf has struck again. And so Ricky Stromberg played on 32% of the commander's offensive snaps. Uh, Also, defensive lineman F.A. Obata, he for the loss at the Giants, was a healthy inactive. Uh, That was surprising. Obata in the 24-16 win at the Atlanta Falcons in week six played on 30% of the commander's defensive snaps and making his 2023 regular season debut. Obata was on the reserve injured list from August 31st to October 14th due to a knee injury. Uh, How about what happened at running back for the commanders in their loss at the Giants? Significant carries for Chris Rodriguez Jr. Now, he played on just 13% of the commander's offensive snaps, but he had seven carries for 31 yards, was not targeted in the passing game, but he had two big runs on the commander's 14th offensive drive. What was their final offensive drive of the game? The drive did result in the late fourth quarter turnover on downs, but the ninth snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at the Giants 44. Rodriguez had an eight-yard shotgun handoff run on a delayed handoff, and the 10th snap of the drive on a second and two for the Commanders at the Giants' 36. Rodriguez had a nine-yard under center handoff run. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. in the loss at the Giants, eight carries for 23 yards and a touchdown. No receptions on one target. He played on 49% of the Commanders' offensive snaps. The Commanders took Chris Rodriguez in the sixth round of the 2023 draft out of Kentucky. We know that commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy likes Rodriguez a lot. Seeing him get these carries on that final commander's offensive drive on Sunday afternoon stood out a lot. And I do wonder if there is perhaps a belief that Rodriguez might be the best running back on the roster. You know, there as of games through Sunday were 36 running backs in the NFL this regular season, each with at least 50 carries. Brian Robinson ranked just 25th out of those 36 running backs in rushing DVOA. 25th out of 36. Uh, Robinson's yards per carry for this regular season is just 3.82. Rodriguez's is 4.36. Now, Robinson has 85 carries. Rodriguez just 14. The sample size of Chris Rodriguez runs is small, no doubt. But I've liked what we've seen from Rodriguez, and it seems like the Commanders have too. Uh, Also, the Commanders punter, 
Tressway. <laughs> so the commanders in this loss at the Giants had 14 offensive drives. Ten of the drives ended in punts. Tress for the game totaled 10 punts and 513 yards on punts. The 513 punt yards, a new career high for Tressway in a regular season game. But he over the 10 punts was good. He averaged 51.3 yards per punt and 48.3 net yards per punt. Well, Tressway is maybe, slash probably, the best punter in Washington history. You can have the best version of yourself by going to calderalab.com and using the promo code GALDI. Caldera Lab is the best in the skincare game. Join the 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self. Plus, Caldera Lab makes for a great gift. Look, if you're a guy and you're like me, you do not know much <laughs> about skincare, but Caldera Lab makes skincare for guys easy. The Caldera Lab regimen includes three products the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, and the Good. The Clean Slate is a face wash that starts and ends your day and leaves all skin types refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And the good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of this serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. One minute each morning and one minute each night, that's all that it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, you will be looking like a million bucks. And here's a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Go to calderalab.com. Caldera is spelled C-A-L-D-E-R-A. Calderalab.com. And use the promo code GALDI, G-A-L-D-I, my last name, GALDI, to get 20% off. That's calderalab.com, promo code GALDI, for 20% off. Show your best self or make an unforgettable impression with a great gift. Calderalab.com, promo code GALDI for 20% off. That's calderalab.com, promo code GALDI for 20% off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, we all love the NFL, and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars' Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like picking players for your fantasy team, only with Little Caesars pizza you never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. All right, time now to talk Wizards. I said, time now to talk Wizards. The damn Washington Wizards. <laughs> That's right, the Wizards. Uh, thank you, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, the Wizards 2023-2024 regular season will begin on Wednesday night. The Wizards at the Indiana Pacers Wednesday night at 7. Quite a bit has happened with the Wizards since the end of their 2022-2023 regular season. Uh, just to go through the timeline, the Wizards this past April 19th announced that Tommy Shepard had been, quote, released as president and general manager of the Washington Wizards, end quote, Monumental Sports and Entertainment founder and CEO Ted Leonsis on May 25th announced that Michael Winger had been named president of Monumental Basketball. The Wizards on June 8th announced the hirings of Will Dawkins as general manager and Travis Schlenk as senior vice president of player personnel and announced the promotion of John Thompson III to senior vice president of Monumental Basketball. And then came what happened with Wizards players, a total remaking of the roster as the team finally <laughs> is rebuilding. Uh, the Wizards on June 23rd announced a three-team trade with the Boston Celtics and Memphis Grizzlies, in which the Wizards dealt Chris Dapps Porzingis to the Celtics. The Wizards on June 24th announced having traded Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns. The Wizards on July 6th announced having traded Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors for a package highlighted by Jordan Poole. The Wizards on July 6th also announced having traded Monte Morris to the Detroit Pistons for a 2027 second round pick. The Wizards on July 8th announced having re-signed unrestricted free agent Kyle Kuzma and the Wizards in the 2023 NBA draft on June 22nd traded the draft rights to the number eight overall pick and traded two second round picks to the Pacers for the draft rights to the number seven overall pick with which the Pacers for the Wizards took Balal Koulibaly. Uh, a lot to take in and we have had more Wizards news this month. Uh, we on October 2nd had a report from Wizards insider Ava Wallace of the Washington Post that the team had picked up the fourth-year option in the contract of head coach Wes Unsell Jr. So Wes is under contract through the 2024-2025 season. And we this past Sunday afternoon had multiple reports of the Wizards and Denny Avdia having agreed on a four-year $55 million contract extension. And the Wizards on Monday afternoon officially announced having signed Denny Avdia to a contract extension. Well, one of the people who on Sunday afternoon reported of the Denny Avdia contract extension is the man who joins me now, Wizards insider Josh Robbins of The Athletic. You can follow Josh on X at Joshua B. Robbins. Josh, nice to talk to you. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, so I guess let's start with that Denny Obdian news. Uh, Monday was the last day on which NBA teams could work out rookie-scale contract extensions with players selected in the 2020 NBA draft, in which the Wizards took Denny with the number nine overall pick. Uh, Any surprise that the team got this extension with Denny Dunn? Uh, Somewhat surprised by this, because Denny Obdia wasn't drafted by Michael Winger or Will Dawkins. So... Was I caught off guard? No, it was a possibility, but I think they arrived at a, a pretty neutral deal. Not one that's necessarily very team-friendly, but not one that is overly player-friendly. Somewhere right in the middle. I think, in other words, a fair contract. <laughs> a fair contract. Everything with the Wizards right now is viewed through the prism of the rebuild. Do you think that this Wizards new front office regime of Michael Winger, Will Dawkins, and Travis Schlenk views Denny Avdia as a legitimate building block or more as a trade ship? And the idea with this contract extension is simply to have Denny under contract so that he can be traded. Well, he could be tra- he could have been traded this year. I think the goal is to see how he develops. And if he becomes the player they hope he can be, and he hopes he can be and believes he can be, then he's a, a worthy person to keep long-term. And he can be a building block. I don't think that he's going to become an all-star level offensive player. I'm not sure that that's what they think either. I, I think that they are more along the lines of, well, he's a really good defender right now, really good def- rebounder right now. And those kinds of players that, 22 years old, soon to be 23 years old, are relatively rare. So why not, as they're beginning this rebuild, why not keep him long-term, see how he grows, and maybe he does become a high-level three-point shooter, in which case then that contract will be a big bargain. When it comes to Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole, so as you and NBA insider Sham Sharania of The Athletic and Stadium this past July 8th reported, the Kuzma contract is a four-year contract with $90 million guaranteed. Actually, a reasonable contract in today's NBA. Uh, the Wizards acquired Poole off the Warriors in October 2022, having signed him to a big money four-year contract extension. Do you think that the true internal goal of the Wizards is for Kuzma and Poole to still be on the team by the end of this season or is for them to be traded this season? I think that depends on what they think of the draft class in 2025. Uh, if they see, I th- and I think that will include Cooper Flagg. So Cooper Flagg is thought of as a definite number one overall candidate in which case the Wizards may want to tear it all down before the 24-25 season, in which case it may be valuable to trade away Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. Then again, if they wind up being bad this year, then there might not be a need to trade those guys. If there's ever going to be a trade, I I think certainly uh, Winger and, and Dawkins would like to get both players' trade values up. And if they have excellent seasons this year, then that could help. That could help that. Uh, I don't think that they would prefer to trade them just to trade them and and get any draft pick back and any player back. I think they would like to raise their values if they ever wind up trading them. And a lot, there are a lot of moving parts here, as I think your question indicated. There are a lot of moving parts. Jordan Poole is so interesting. He played a major role in the Warriors winning the 2022 NBA title. They, in October 2022, signed him 
to that contract extension, but also for Poole in October 2022 was him getting punched by Draymond Green in a preseason practice. And so here we are a year later and Poole has been traded to the Wizards. What went wrong for Poole with the Warriors? I think it's that punch. (laughs) I think it's that punch. I think it's Draymond Green's punch, which probably stemmed from a lot of factors. Uh, Draymond may have been trying to get Poole to play harder in practice, or he might have been frustrated with with Poole's shot selection. Whatever the reasons, it's incredibly difficult for any team, even a veteran team like that, to recover from such a, a seismic move, a seismic punch. And if Draymond Green didn't want to really repair that damage, as the ringer has reported, then it's going to be even more difficult to move past that. So the Warriors had to do something along those lines. And then as wealthy as the Warriors organization is, it's still very difficult and probably more so than ever to have everybody and to pay everyone uh, major money. So by moving him off and, and kind of committing to Chris Paul over the short term, they kind of cleared the decks to, to keep Draymond in their core, like Clay Thompson, long term. So I think it, I think it was a double-edged sword. I, I think heading into September of 2022, they probably wouldn't have entertained moving Jordan Poole, but that, had to, that thought had to change very quickly. What to you are realistic expectations for Bilal Koulibaly in his rookie season? You know, when he was drafted, I wrote many times that he was a high-risk, high-reward prospect and that it was a good pick because they can't just be trying to bring in people who could be solid rotation players. They need to bring in young people who are better than that, who might become much better than that. Uh one aspect of what I wrote is wrong. I just watching the way he plays on offense and how strong the, his feel for the game is on offense indicates to me that it's very unlikely that he will be a bust. Yeah, at the bare minimum, he's going to be a very good defensive player and a ball mover on offense. But he's only 19 now, and that feel for the game isn't going to get worse his shooting is probably only going to get better. So he has the potential to be a very high-level player, depending on how well his offense plays out. So I think this year he's got to play heavy minutes, which he will, um, stay healthy, show that he can be the defender he already has been this preseason, and make steady gains throughout the year offensively. And I'm not saying major gains. I'm just saying steady gains with his shot, with his handle, with his aggressiveness. I think that's a, a fair a fair expectation and the real hope for him is that four years from now he's approaching a star level potential. Much more with Josh Robbins in moments. I'm going to next ask him about Wes Unsell Jr. But if you are looking to get tickets to a Wizards game uh, or a Commanders game or a Capitals game or whatever, download the Game Time app and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the Game Time app. Game Time offers great deals on last minute tickets and has a best 
price guarantee. So you don't have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. You see, the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about game time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on game time looking at tickets for Commander's Games, a lot of good deals, and the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting easy. Also, game time is the app for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time also offers flash deals on tickets. And tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Find out why. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Download the Game Time app Create an account and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms apply, but download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app and use that promo code ALGALDI. Game Time, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. More now with Wizards insider Josh Robbins of The Athletic. Uh, The organizational thinking in picking up the contract option for Wes Unsell Jr. next season was what? My sense is that you don't have any coach come into a season as a lame duck, particularly when you you know you're probably going to lose a lot of games. And yet at the same time, you want the team to start to gel from a, a team concept perspective. They want the team to play hard. They want them to play smart defense to play smart offense, and you can't do that to a coach. You can't have your coach be a lame duck heading into a year when the expectations for what he has to bring out of these players are high. So that's what I think it was. And I think if he has a really good season and the young players get better and they start to gain some momentum, not necessarily in terms of wins, but in terms of the way they play, then it's not unthinkable that they will extend his contract or they will seek to extend his contract. But if they didn't pick up that option year now, it certainly would have put a whole bunch of gravel on what could have been a relatively smooth road. Best analogy I could come up with. I mean, it, it would have complicated things is what I'm trying to say, needlessly. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, There have been some changes to Wes Unsell Jr.'s coaching staff. What are the most meaningful changes, in your opinion? I think the the most meaningful modifications were that one front-of-the-bench assistant left, Pat Delaney left to go to Toronto as the lead assistant there. He was the lead assistant here. Uh, And Ryan Richmond, who was behind the bench, um, also chose to leave to take a head coaching job in Japan. And with those two, you know, Dean Oliver also, uh, Dean Oliver was let go, but um, those the Delaney and Richmond spots were filled by two front-of-the-bench guys, Brian Keefe, who's now the lead assistant, and David Vanterpool, who's now the number three assistant. I think those are two pretty significant changes. I, I don't think that they're uh, necessarily better coaches than Pat Delaney, who was very highly regarded. But these are two coaches well-known for player development. Uh, They are fluent in 
the Oklahoma City way. So that's how I, I see this shaking out. It's more of a higher emphasis on player development. And while neither of them is more experienced than Pat Delaney, I think in aggregate, they bring more experience and more player development um, accolades than were here before. Regarding the realistic floor and the realistic ceiling for the Wizards this season, uh, I think that we all know what the realistic floor is. Uh, It's the Wizards being the worst team in the NBA. But how about a realistic ceiling? Is the Wizards being, say, a 500 team for this regular season a realistic ceiling? No, I see 500 is far-fetched. I think maybe 32 wins might be the ceiling. With the caveat being that, yes, they actually have a lot of depth and they have a lot more three-point shooting uh, than they had last year. So in some ways, in some narrow ways, they are better than last year. In terms of the their top two players, uh, their top two players now probably are not at the level where Beal and Porzingis were last year. So I I think that their ceiling would be 32 wins. And if they could exceed that, I think that would be a major, I think 32 wins would be a surprise. But if they exceed 32 wins, that would be a major surprise. And in terms of what Wizards fans want, I, I hear what they're saying in terms of wanting to bottom out. And they're going to have to do that eventually, I think. Uh, the problem is, is that this year isn't the best year to do it. The best year to do that would have been last year when when Benyama was available. Uh, Or two years from now, when Cooper Flagg will be available in 2025, or for the 25-26 season, because Carlos Boozer's son is expected to be in the draft in 2026. It's it's not necessarily the best time to, to bottom out, which is kind of the story of this franchise, that their, their timing has almost never been good. No, it has not been. Uh, and that brings me to my final question for you. When we talked on this podcast this past July, I asked you about something that you had in a piece that came out on July 8th. Quote, although a dramatic shift has started, Washington may be as many as two seasons away from going into full rebuild mode if it gets there at all, said league sources who are granted anonymity to discuss the organization's plans more freely. Team officials are said to regard the upcoming 2023-24 season and perhaps also the 2024-25 season as something akin to a rejuvenation period for the organization, a time for the players and the basketball operations staff to regain some of the momentum, accountability, competitiveness, and above all else, the joy that had evaporated in recent years. It's a time to rebuild the culture which deteriorated during the flawed plan to build around Beal and after moves that backfired, end quote. So are the Wizards this season embarking on a true tank? Or is the team more trying to improve its culture as opposed to truly bottoming out? Yes, that part about rebuilding, the, I, I don't know if culture is the word, but certainly the perception of the team outside the organization, and I think the feeling within the whole organization itself, elevating both is a very high priority for them. 
And, okay, you might not win a lot of games, but if you're doing things the right way and you're busting your butt every practice and in every game and doing it in a way that you can be proud of, like playing unselfishly, trying on defense, uh, as silly as it sounds, cheering for each other, rooting for each other, being good teammates, uh, those are the types of things that they, part of what they're looking for, a large part of it. And so, as I said, said this year is not necessarily the best year to bottom out so that goal of raising the culture the perception happens to dovetail with the reality of the 2024 draft now when i wrote that cooper flag was in the draft class for 2026 at least that's where he lined up well since then he has reclassified and we're talking 2025 now so Perhaps the Wizards would accelerate their any decision they might make to bottom out. Uh, and if they do that, certainly that would probably have some sort of ramifications, one would think, for Kuzma and possibly Poole. It's possible. Uh, I think So, yes, I think they would be happy if they do show some gains in, in these kind of intangible areas that the organization struggled with, and I think the fans picked up on over the last couple of years. Interesting. Uh, the art of the NBA rebuild. Uh, I am glad that the Wizards finally are on uh, this path of a rebuild. Wizards insider Josh Robbins of The Athletic. Josh, thanks a lot, and all the best to you. Thank you, Al. Thanks for having me. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 685. We'll include a lot for you on the Commanders, including a conversation with Commanders analyst Mark Bullock of Bullock's Film Room, which you can find at markbullock.substack.com. Mark, one of the best people at talking Commanders from an X's and O's standpoint. Also on Wednesday show, we'll talk Capitals. Uh, they are home to the Toronto Maple Leafs Tuesday evening at 6. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. It does because, you know, again, with the young quarterback,